One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. Oh, that's great news. People love when they hear that third name. I mean, the first two names are all right, I guess. But that third <laughs> name, Jennifer Landa. Get people uh, really happy about that. So we're all happy here to talk about breaking news from a long time ago and breaking news from Sunday night. Oh, it was going to be a simple little news day. We are going to have uh, some fun little stories. We're also going to talk about, you know, it's uh, Thanksgiving week. Whether you celebrate the holiday or not, we're going to play around with that spirit of thankfulness and Thanksgiving and talk about what we're thankful for in Star Wars in 2022. Fun little conversation there. But we are definitely going to get to the changing of the bobs here in a second 
the Sunday Night Shocker of Bob Iger stepping in back to the role. Well, we'll talk about it. Before we get to that, we're going to talk about today's podcast, and it's brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our Four Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us and that we think we should read. Uh, <laughs> that Star Wars Life Adventures, a lot to, lot to get to. Uh, by checking uh, your both your Hive postings, it seems like you've been busy. Uh, <laughs> so we'll talk about that. Yes, we're all uh, made the transition to Hive. Well, I don't want to say trans- transition to Hive. We've added Hive to our many social media apps. Uh, Four Center is on there, but we're going to spruce that up. So uh, we'll be over there as well. But before we get into all that, uh, let's catch up with life. Jen, Star Wars life, where did it find you? This this week and the theme seems to be the Ewoks. I'll get into <laughs> it a little bit later as well. Um, but my kids and I, they, they wanted to watch the Ewoks cartoon, which fantastic. It is now on Disney Plus because before we used to have to go to YouTube and, you know, the quality yeah. was not great. And uh, anyway, so it was fantastic to be able to watch it on Disney+. Plus. And my seven-year-old did not want to stop watching. My three-year-old <laughs> started getting scared. And so then it was like, I was so torn as a mom. I'm like, yes, she wants to keep watching. She's into it. And oh, Alea does not. She's terrified by these monsters and things. <laughs> so, but they love Latara. They love Nisa. And we also have the Ewok Galactic Pal which has a pink hood, purple hood. I'm not sure if it's Nisa or Latara. Well, it can't be Latara because her hat is different. But anyways, <laughs> so they just, they had their little Ewoks. They were watching the Ewoks cartoon and my heart was full. Love that. That was uh, our week. <laughs> so what, what did you decide? Uh, did you did you tell your younger daughter to push past the fear? Or did you tell your older daughter that she needs to have patience with her younger daughter? Which Star Wars <laughs> lesson did you teach them? <laughs> That's terrible. I was like, I'm going to cover your eyes. And I just covered this. That's actually what my mom did. That's what my mom said. It was Return of the Jedi when I was scared. She just covered my eyes, even though I was terrified. But I don't know. I don't know what. But um, yeah, so that's what I did. Carrying on the tradition. I, I would love it if that's what Yoda did with uh, Luke in the Dagobah cave when he, when he started to bring his fear in there with him. Yoda's just like, your eyes, cover them. <laughs> yeah i was like it's not real it's a cartoon but you know you can't a three-year-old at that they can't rationalize they don't understand that no i can't rationalize it <laughs> well, like, grace is like look we want to watch the scary movie i'm like no i don't do that no yeah. one's there to cover my eyes me too <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, I, I'll go to mine because it wasn't much, and, and I didn't have a lot of cool pictures. Uh, a lot of great stuff <laughs> coming out there. Um, I'll tell you what I did. Star Wars found me in a fun way. I went to my comic shop, uh, which is now Earth Two in Sherman Oaks. They've switched, and it's kind of an ordeal. It takes me. It's a far. It's closer on the map, and it takes longer to get to because it's right at the the heart of a uh, uh, big LA, uh, the four hundred five and one hundred one where they meet. My comic shop is under the freeway there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I made a trip over there and, and uh, picking up my comics. Got a lot of wonderful Star Wars comics I got to read and catch up on. Some of the new James Bond comics, which I'm actually enjoying. Mm-hmm. And I, I was checking out and I turned around and they had the Book of Boba Fett bag clip mystery bags. And, you know, what? you buy them and then you don't know what you're getting, right? Mm-hmm. Little, uh, huh. kind of, uh, it might even be Funko or a brand like Funko. They have that kind of feel. And I was like, of course I want one of the, I, no, I want two of these. So uh, I actually filmed it and I'm going to put it on my <laughs> YouTube channel because why not? Everything's content. I was so happy though. Uh, I, I got uh, uh, Blacker Santon and the Fire Spray. 
And it brought me that little bit of Star Wars joy that, you know, you need. You know, we go deep into themes. We pre- we celebrate. And then there's moments where you open up a bag and you're like, hey, Black or Satin. I love that character. And you just get that <laughs> rush of Star Wars nerd joy. So that was, uh, that was my unexpected Star Wars joyous event adventure in a place where you'd expect to see Star Wars. <laughs> uh, but it was a little sidetrack uh, mission that I enjoyed. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that we do need those returns to basics when, you know, we talk about all the big picture stuff uh, that we do, you you know, from the joyful, from discussing the themes to discussing some of the sometimes, you know, discourse being ugly. It's so great. We can just reconnect like, hey, look at this weirdo. I like him. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, know, some of it's great. Those discussions are great to have. And I'm always getting the comic shop has always been a pretty good spot for me. One of the managers is a big Star Wars fan. And but he's one of the ones where it's it's flip a coin. I don't know what kind of conversation I'm going to have. Is it a Mm. day in which we're going to argue in the corner of a comic shop or is it a day we're going to celebrate together? Uh, And he wasn't there, Uh, though. I do love talking to him. Uh, He's a he's a longtime fan. But uh, yeah, it was fun. Like you said, the basics, the basics. So that was my adventure. Joseph, you uh, you celebrated a wedding anniversary, (laughs) a special adventure. Yeah, no, it was it was really really great uh, weekend. So my wife and I got married on November seventeenth, which of course everyone listening knows is Life Day. It was <laughs> I think I can't, I think it was before it was after we'd actually scheduled it, and I was googling like what what significant things happened on this day. It's like Life Day. This is perfect. Uh, <laughs> so it's always a fun uh, celebration. This weekend, uh, my wife and I went to Palm Springs in the general Palm Springs area, which we've we've never been to. Uh, even though we've lived here in L.A. for a long time, it's only two to four hours away, depending on the traffic. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just one of those fun things of I, I have always heard of Palm Springs. I knew different bits and pieces about it, but I never got it. It's like, what's the deal? Oh. So it's it's a desert, right? And there, there are palm trees there. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are palm trees here what's the deal um and it was really 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 great really wonderful um is obviously known for like the the mid-century modern architecture which sarah and i are a fan of so we got to see that there's a uh frank sinatra who i'm a big uh fan of and, and was really uh inspiring and, and helpful to me his life story at different points in, in my life story um lived a lot of his life there so it was really interesting because we were there for our anniversary and frankly, just doing a lot of Sinatra stuff. We went to his favorite restaurant and one of his houses and where he married his fourth wife and uh, visited his, his grave. And that was really uh, meaningful for me. So it was weird that Star Wars kept finding me while we were doing explicitly not Star Wars things. Yeah. Uh, we went into this uh, collectible vinyl store and they also had a bunch of posters. So uh, they had actual old vintage for real posters and then they had a bunch of great like uh 11 by 17 um you know prints and i found this print of an empire strikes back poster that i did not know existed it, it i googling it i think it's it was like a fan club thing uh but it's a 10th anniversary poster but it's so it's 1990 but it's done in this kind of old uh older style and it's this huge picture of vader with like the the blade out and then his his hand reaching for the falcon and then like a little weird mm. picture of Hoth. It's Ooh. all blue and red. It, oh, it's so beautiful because I, I, I went in there and was like, I already have like five Star Wars posters that I haven't put up in my apartment yet. Right? <laughs> right. I can't have another one. And I saw that one. I was like, that, I must have it. <laughs> yeah. I Sarah don't... was very appre- uh, uh, yeah. supportive. And appreciative, I'm sure. Yeah, appreciative uh, and supportive. <laughs> I don't think, I, in hearing you describe it, I don't think I've ever seen that one. 
Yeah, I mean, if anybody you know is in a place to Google Empire Strikes Back 10th anniversary poster, it pops right off. It, it's really it, it's almost designed to look a little like some of the early Star Wars posters before all the visuals kind of in the style cemented. Mm. So it's this kind of weird montage. Mm. Um, and that was the other big part of the Star Wars I- adventure there is my favorite Star Wars poster is the one for the re-release, the one that Charles mm. White, uh, the 1978 re-release with the, uh, the circus poster, it's sometimes called with the, the where it looks like it's ripped um, right, right. Off, mm. off the, off the wall and all that. Uh, Charles White and Drew Struzan's uh, first. Right. Star Wars poster. I love, I love. And they had an actual one there at the store. Mm. Uh, and I was like, how, I, I can't afford it, but how much are you charging for that? <laughs> uh, and the nice person there was like, it's, it's $750. I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. That's my favorite. And she was like, yeah, that one's great. It came out, that poster came out in 1977. And then the movie came out in 1978. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to be this person, but I can't. Yeah. She's like, it's, it's, it's the other way around. And she's like, no, 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 it's not. Let me show you. And like, she showed me oh, no. some things on the poster and like, we just had one of those, like, I was like, I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this was for the re-release, which is why it says copyright 1978. Cause it was, it was so popular and uh, yeah. it, it ended up being a nice conversation. She was like, Hmm, interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. And then I was like, are we having a miscommunication? Cause like, you're, you're totally right. The, the poster came out in 78, but, yeah. but, but if we're talking about the movie, it, it came out in 1977. <laughs> uh, then you just drop a four center business card and say, look, this is yeah. my. <laughs> yeah. Didn't want to get into it because she, she was very nice and it ended up being a perfectly nice conversation. But it was one of those moments like that uh, yelling Citizen Kane uh, kids in the hall sketch of like, I know the answer. <laughs> ah. oh, great reference. Uh, I'm looking at the Empire Strikes Back 10th anniversary poster. This is great. I, if I've seen it, it's only been in the back of my mind and hidden from me. I, I, I don't recall this one. It's great. Yeah, it's just such glaring red and blue. Yeah. Oh, man, I love it. Oh, that's great. Awesome. So, yeah, lots of fun adventures. Uh, thank you all for indulging me as I as I shared some of them. Uh, no, love it, love it. I I think uh, I said off air, I'll say it here. I think you and Sarah do a great job of, of getting away. That it's easy <laughs> to forget that in life. Uh, mm-hmm. you know? it is, it's really important to prioritize. And and uh, yeah, for, for me, the, the whole vibe of Palm Strings was it does encourage you to relax. It's like it has mm-hmm. everything beautiful about L.A. Uh, with less traffic and more of a weekend vibe all the time. Mm. Oh. That's like a great, it. yeah, that's a great ad. Permanently the weekend. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out there. 25 years in LA. I've only passed through, never stopped. So mm. one day. Speaking of passing through and not stopping, Bob Chappick. Uh, what a transition. <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. I love it. Star Wars news in a weekend stunner while Sir Elton John was saying farewell live on Disney Plus. The Walt Disney Company board announced that Bob Chappick had uh, stepped down. We'll say, they say, as C, uh, Disney's CEO and his replacement is the man he replaced, Bob Iger. That's right. Uncle Bob is back. The return of Iger Khan. Here we go. So I, my Disney stocks are already on the rise. So this move has to be good, right? This has to be good. Uh, Iger's on a two-year deal, which might be open-ended. Also includes him finding the right replacement, which, uh, yeah, there's a lot there. And and this mm-hmm. is one of those, I'll, I'll just preference, preface this. I, you, none of us are in those meetings, but I've already, I've already had conversations and texts with people who know, who know, who know this person. It's, it's just an interesting, stunning 
business thing. And, and we don't talk business all the time over here. So we don't want to turn this into a uh, four center money line or, or mad money with Jim Cramer. Uh, but let's just dive in. I, uh, open forum, so to speak here. Uh, what do we think about this news, Jen? Uh, we'll start with you and your, and your Ewoks. I was shocked. I saw the news. This the, the first breaking news I've gotten on Hive, which was very exciting. <laughs> um, and I, I, I was like, what? This cannot be. Be. I, I mean, I don't know if this is a, a thing that happens often in business, but at the same time, it kind of made sense because mm. retirement is overrated from what I've heard from my parents, <laughs> especially if you love what you're doing. And I think I think that Bob Iger enjoys it. Yeah. I think he has ideas and I'm excited because he is not only an excellent businessman, but he's also a visionary. So mm. I don't know. It's, it was shocking. But in the best way. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, and and we'll we'll all three of us will probably say, hey, be careful of you know worshiping CEOs. Yes, <laughs> right. all those things. We've been talking talking before. Now, Joseph and I, uh, I don't know if it was during your uh, hiatus agenda, but we had read Iger's book. Uh, and look, uh, if, if you're going to have one CEO billionaire type to kind of root for, Iger seems to be at least has some characteristics and traits that that make him worthy of it there. So I get it. He seems to be full of charisma. Uh, and I get this kind of move here, but Joseph bring you in on this, uh, uh this, what about the bobs here? Oh, uh, shocked, uh, and not shocked at the same time. Thrilled. Um, I think I was not shocked that, that Chapik, uh, was asked to step down. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes th- there's like a, it feels so often in life that like, Hey, there are solutions, but they're just never going to happen. Mm. <laughs> right. Yes. Iger stepping back in feels both shocking because it isn't like entirely normal, obviously, for the business world, but it's like the obvious solution Mm -hmm. of, you know, Iger put all this work into uh, setting up, honestly, his legacy, right, of of doing right by Disney, having a vision, fulfilling the vision, and then setting the bird off to soar. (laughs) And then the pandemic hits and Chappick has multiple unforced errors and cell phones and this bird that Iger prides himself and and wrote a whole book about setting off, just slams into a brick wall immediately, right? (laughs) That it makes sense from Iger to be like, I am personally invested. Of course, my job is to make value for shareholders, right? Mm -hmm. But he is also personally invested. So, So why wouldn't he he swoop in. Yeah. Um, I think there are also some, some things about um, the, the sort of generational tale of, of preparing uh, the, the thing that you're, you're caring for mentoring somebody mm-hmm. to, to be really the right person to take it over. And, and it seems like I didn't feel like that happened mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. That this, this is really weird, but like this news just totally reminded me of, of Dr. Who of mm-hmm. um, there haven't been that many showrunners, uh, leaders, uh, creative leaders of Dr. Who since it came back in, in 2005. And uh, Russell T Davies was the first one and he kind of set up Stephen Moffat to take over. And then there wasn't necessarily an obvious next person after Stephen Moffat. And then that next person didn't really set up mm. the next generation. And now Russell T. Davies is coming back almost exactly like Bob Iger to <laughs> launch Doctor Who. Like the, so it's, it's very strangely similar in some ways. Mm. Uh, I, I love where our minds go with this. I go to, as, as often I go to sports and I look, uh, I said this with, with, with Ron Howard got brought in. Where it's like sometimes there's a little bit of chaos. Something's not working. So you go bring in the old retired coach 
that kind of just is the interim for the last four games of the season and maybe gets to the promised land. Uh, the Houston Astros just won a world title doing this. They had a lot of uh, the cheating controversy, everything. So they bring in old Dusty Baker, retired kind of Hall of Fame level manager, comes on in and he led them to a World Series. And that there's kind of that steady hand kind of vibe. I also think of, of Teddy Roosevelt, William Howard Taft. Roosevelt <laughs> doing the whole, uh, Taft's my replacement. He's my protege. Ah, I don't like what he's doing. I'm going to try to run against him. Worked out a little different for Roosevelt. Uh, but here uh, we've got Iger. I'm, I'm fascinated with it. Uh, and we're going to talk about how it relates to Star Wars. And and you're both saying uh, just uh, good things about it uh, or, or things I agree with. And just the idea that Iger does seem to really respect the creative side of things, has an understanding. Mm-hmm. I don't know Chappick personally, right? I, I just, he didn't, it, he seemed like he was in a tough task, tough spot. Uh, not, you know, pandemic hits, but you said it right, Joseph. Unforced errors and self owns that just, continue to to happen and continue to have widespread ramifications within the company and reading some of these stories that his uh, performance on the last uh, Chappic con call uh, got him uh, was the final um, nail in the coffin. So coffin, so to speak, uh, based on the board being kind of split and, and, and this move on a weekend that kind of came together fast. uh, It's, it's going to make a a great docuseries one day, I think. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I I love the way you started our whole discussion, Ken, by saying like you know we we're not experts, and there there's so much about running a company as large as, as Disney and all the way it interacts between the you know the politics of the board and who's investing and who's buying shares and how ESPN relates to your yeah. choices in Star Wars. There's so much that I don't know and I don't understand, which only makes it to me more shocking that some of the self-owned unforced errors are from Chappic have been so bonkers, right? Mm-hmm. That, that when Scarlett Johansson raised, you know, being upset about the um, money r- relationship between streaming versus what she'd been promised for the Black Widow, uh, you know, theatrical release to, to send out a, a, an immediate public response, escalating the fight. Like yeah. that, that's not a, Ooh, I don't understand the complexities of this. Mm-hmm. That's just obviously not mm-hmm. great. Right. Mm-hmm. The entire handling of the, the, don't say gay bill the, mm-hmm. which Iger would have uh, opposed and did publicly oppose publicly, it's not just yep. that Chappick didn't it's that he sent an internal email explaining why he didn't and like how could you be in that position and not know that that internal email is going to be released yeah. to everyone? Yeah. you know yeah. it's those kind of things for me of like Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are a million things that are incredibly difficult to navigate that, you know, you need to be that kind of high level experience to navigate. And maybe he did great at some of those, but some of these really public facing, why would you do that uh, yeah. are the things that that I'm responding to. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And, and Jen, I definitely want to get more of your thoughts here. Uh, and I don't know what you can or cannot say, Jen, but you've had some time working in the parks, right? You, you, you <laughs> were there, And that was, that was Chappick's kind of division. That was what he was doing. And, uh, as as a as a as a former uh, you know, maker of dreams in a, in, a, in a theme park for for kids and, and guest uh, guests, uh, does this do you does do you feel like the Iger of it all or the Chap of it all? Does it get down to those levels? Oh, absolutely. I think that's why that's why people love Iger so mm. much, and I think it's one of the reasons why I, I we've talked about him is because he's so. He's transparent, right? He's well, at least he seems transparent, and he gets out. 
I'm sorry, go ahead. As far, no, as far as he can be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. As far as he can be. And he just gets out there and he just says it. And he also is not afraid to praise certain creators or like, I don't know, he just seems to speak from the heart more. And I think that people in the parks especially respond to that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know why. Now I want to read his book, to be honest, because I want to hear more of his thoughts. But I, I am curious to know more about this board, because yeah. I do know that boards in um, business and nonprofits and stuff like that, they can have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they who knows if they're going to want to keep him on. And maybe he'll be happy to stay on beyond the two years, because I've think it's going to be hard to find a replacement in two years. I don't know. That's just me. But yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see. Yeah, I agree with that. This Iger News was a big topic in the online Star Wars space, even as it switched to to uh, Hive, which are we saying all the buzz on Hive? Are we, have we determined? <laughs> yeah, what is it? <laughs> uh, what, what did you say, Joseph? You said you emailed something. I think it's the, uh, it should be the official. Swarm. That, yeah. <laughs> swarm. Uh, why, why do we think this is so? I mean, I think it's, it's a continuation of our, our conversation here about Iger just and, and, and what we what people feel of him here. But this was this is Star Wars news officially because it's the business side. But as Star Wars fans, we all seem to be celebrating the return of Uncle Bob. Joseph, uh, please, what's the insight on this? Because I'm fascinated <laughs> with this. Uh, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I, I had a little uh, little something in my throat, a, yeah. a little bit too much weekend fun. Um <laughs> I th- I think that Iger, in general, we're in a much more transparent era, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, when I was younger and I was not into kind of Disney as a brand, I, I remember hearing what, adults seem to have uh, strong opinions about uh, uh, Michael Eisner. What is that? I don't even know what's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. So obviously, I know for some people, it's been something they paid attention to for a long time. But I think the Star Wars community, there's just generally more transparency about decision making. I think Iger himself has been just a little bit more forthright in his interviews. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. taking kind of personal responsibility for specific things, um, you know, saying that, hey, I really thought that MCU should uh, should diversify, right, in lots of ways and really in- encouraging and championing the making of, of Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and other movies like that. Taking responsibility for the release window of Solo, saying I thought the summer was the right move, but I think it was... It was too much, too close together. Uh, don't don't blame Kathy. <laughs> that was an IgerCon decision. My bad. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think some really direct things on what audiences see and feel. He has been w- very forthright in in interviews. So I think, uh, mm-hmm. and if you've read that book, that the ride of, the, of a lifetime, you kind of feel like you get to know the guy a little bit and get to know mm-hmm. a little bit how he made these decisions. Uh, and the final thing for me is why Iger might feel really like news in Star Wars is you know. He's where a lot of what we are all experiencing started. He's the one who bought Star Wars. Right, He's yeah. the one who got Disney Plus going. He's the one who kickstarted this era of Star Wars. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it is related to what we're all seeing, experiencing, talking about. Yeah, there's something pretty important and poignant and powerful of of this all the the, the Disney Plus. Um, adventure so to speak starts with mando right and that's the first out of the gate and that's also you know production windows and this and that but it, it, i don't know it just seemed uh purposeful to me and and that's something that uh, you know was was Iger's, um i guess you could say his baby but it's something he was pretty uh, um, you know on about early on the disney plus thing so i think yeah tying it to mando makes a lot of sense to me him being yeah i think you're right being uh, taking some ownership for some of the stuff uh, and and just seemingly be being someone even in this era of of stocks and uh, you know 
bottom lines and ledgers. And I think some Chappick it was set to make some, you know, massive budget cuts, layoffs and, and, and more things to help the overhead, so to speak. And, and there's certainly no guarantee that that Iger won't have to do something similar. Uh, the, this has been a weird period, but so it doesn't mean he's not going to lay off anybody. We don't know that yet, but he might. But it seems he, he seems to in a lot of his speeches, even on a, on his way out. A lot of people saying he was throwing shade at Chappick with <laughs> the data, the numbers. That's not the whole story. You got to take chances. Uh, highlighting, uh, you know, the, the Black Panther film uh, the first time out. Uh, yeah, so it just seems like I don't know. There's a there's a warmth Iger, and therefore Star Wars fans, we we want want to see creative creativity uh, uh, grow in that warmth. I guess, Jen. I don't know. What do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interesting because Bob Chavik really felt more like businessman and mm-hmm. not as much as a good front man like he's not as charming i just think of i always just think of like bob Iger walking around galaxy's edge you know like he just seems <laughs> like he can talk to anyone and he can relate to to people bob chapik does doesn't really seem seem like that as much um and i just think about like Igercon. remember how we used to always talk about Igercon with his investors calls I don't remember having a Chapit con. I, maybe I missed it. <laughs> but granted, we have to think about what we were talking about with the pandemic. Like, this has been a tough road for Bob yeah. Chapik, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's been a lot of things happening. And quite frankly, I'm sure a lot of his, his news has not been so great. So that's why he kind of feels like a downer. But then he mm-hmm. doubles down on these things, like you said, Joseph, and it just... It just makes it worse. Like maybe just just don't say anything. If, if you don't have anything positive to say, then don't say anything at all. <laughs> That's the Disney way. The Disney way. The Disney yeah. way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, with, with everything with the don't say gay bill, I think it was, you know, the, the internal email uh, yeah. and then taking a stand kind of much later after realizing, you know, how much he had hurt people with how he handled it. And then ending up with the same result anyway of what he was yeah. going to kind of trying to avoid, you know, mm-hmm. um, extremely, extremely complicated. And we've talked about that whole issue a, a bit, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so look, look yeah. back to uh, past episodes for more details than that. But mm. I, th- I think uh, I think a lot of it is about Iger's experience with the creative side. Obviously, like generally you're saying, he, he comes across personable, right? Like mm-hmm. these kind of huge business roles kind of demand somebody who has a little bit element of being a, a, a performer of the, the circus ringmaster, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who really has a little bit of savvy at 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 talking and like you know i'm not saying iger's got to be out there doing doing bits <laughs> but it's it's a public facing role you know yeah. Yeah. and i think he's got that charm but he also just has this massive history of uh of creativity he, he's he's the guy who took a huge chance and gave the green light to twin peaks and then he interfered with it and canceled it <laughs> and and in his book goes like i learned a lot from that if you got real creative people you got like like Lynch and Frost you got to give them a little bit of elbow room because you're not going to make it better by going in there you know yeah um so I think there's a ton of that I I just want to read this quote from the article real quick Jen okay Mm -hmm. Uh, it says in his last formal appearance before the Disney board and top executives, Iger had given a rousing speech about the importance of creativity that many within the company interpreted as a slam at Chapik. Uh, uh, Iger says in a world in business that is awash with data, it is tempting to use data to answer all of our questions, including creative questions. He said, I urge all of you not to do that. 
to me that that quote is sort of the linchpin of what people are feeling you know we've been talking about it with the the weird um metrics with andor we're like are we are we talking about ratings are we talking about how many people are watching are we talking about how many people are are tweeting um and that kind of risk of being in an algorithm world the fact that Iger's like that that stuff's all valuable but that's not what a creative decision is Mm. i think that's what a lot of people are feeling Mm. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And and this is uh, one of those, you know, I ain't in the meetings. I'm not even on the text messages. I was I was chatting with some folks uh, last night, actually, uh, our, our mutual friend, uh, Ken Plume, Joseph, uh, he had some insights there. So I definitely want to <laughs> tribute Ken. But he just, the thoughts of, you know, uh, Disney is in disarray with a lot of longtime employees being uh, asked to move to Florida during a time mm-hmm. when maybe a lot of them don't want to. So a lot of them are retiring, a lot of big creative folks, a lot of, uh, Creators having trouble, uh, you know, maybe considering working with uh, Disney because of some of the big uh, unforced and public airs. So a lot of that kind of was factoring in there. And Iger definitely seems like uh, he'll bring some calm. Um, yeah, again, it cult, it's a cult of personality thing. I, I'm not going to worship anyone in a suit and tie too much, but I, I always <laughs> like Bob. I just always like Iger. Yeah. Um, and that book, again, it's it's a polished tale of course it is but mm-hmm. it's a book about his failures more than his successes and what he learned from them and i thought that uh it was at least a good way to approach it mm. uh it's easy to be cynical and again uh we're learning a lot about the elevation of uh our troubled uh, geniuses out there our billionaire <laughs> creators you know it's, it goes even beyond twitter and elon and everything it, 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 it i can see it being a problem um, so um, we'll see. We'll see. But hey, look, you know, like I was saying earlier, Chapik was uh, very publicly planning on massive budget cuts, these layoffs. Uh, that was a, there was a hiring freeze. And look, there's uh, Disney Plus has uh, the fourth quarter did the, the street on the streaming side. They did lose money. There's all this kind of uh, complex, uh, complex uh, things that, yeah, I don't fully understand. I, I'm not going to pretend to. Um, but I, I do want to ask as we round this, uh, you know, uh, discussion up here. Uh, about how do we feel about Star Wars future with a good old Uncle Bob around? You mentioned it, Joseph; he, he's had some successes, but he also, you know, made the release, the solo release schedule was a snafu. Uh, you're talking about the Twin Peaks thing back in the day. Uh, his mishandling, uh, along with other people, for sure, of of, of George's ego <laughs> during the sale. Or what happened? There's, there has been mistakes. He, he's not a savior here, but with the movie side having a lot of questions around it. Uh, unclear future at times, whether that's uh, true or not, or whether it's perception, uh, whether Lucasfilm is on the hook for announcing things. They're not actually announcing, as we discussed recently in the news. Um, <laughs> there's some questions. And so with, with Uncle Bob back in, he's down the street here. I thought about going down to the Riverside Studios and seeing if Uncle Bob is going to pull in about 730. <laughs> and see, maybe he got like a box of pink donuts to like bring into the break room. I'm back. Hey, everybody. Oh gosh, donut. <laughs> um, so either he was a uh, uh, the Glendale or the Burbank offices, we'll see. He's there right now making decisions. What do we feel about Star Wars future with Uncle Bob around for at least two years, Jennifer? I am really excited. I'm going back to the, the parks thing really quickly. You know, mm-hmm. I yeah. worked with people who had been there, you know, working since pretty much the park, not the park open, but, you know, like 30 years. And people would would stay there until they retired even if it was like a a, what we call a fuzzy character portraying donald duck i mean there was a dad and his son who were playing donald i mean it was it was amazing and the reason why is because disney has always been known to be a great company to work for in the sense that like it was reliable so the fact that there was like these massive layoffs that were coming it's it's kind of uncomfortable 
characteristically Disney, or at least if it is Disney, they usually would present it in a way like they would handle it a little bit better. So I feel like with Uncle Bob, I feel like I can relax, even though I'm not invested. I don't have any stakes in this game except for Star Wars. Um, I think that they're going to continue to work on the streaming stuff. Maybe he might help ramp up the movies more. I don't know. I just... I'm looking forward to it because, like I said, I think that he knows how to speak to creatives and he's not like a quote unquote suit, even though he is like he he gets it. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would love to be in those those offices today. Can you imagine the welcome? <laughs> let's go. Let's let's all three meet over there. Let's see if we can get into the gate. To say, hey, <laughs> we got a gift. Is, is, is Uncle Bob here? We got a gift for him. A welcome back. gift. Yes. Yes. From Four Center. <laughs> uh, I, I love all that. Yeah, I love all that, Jen. Yeah. And the fan Disney. Disney, again, it's a corporation and there's, there's yes. dark sides. We all understand that. But Disney does yes. have a bit of a family type of vibe in some of the areas, which, again, was part of the thing of a lot of longtime employees being asked to move to Florida during this uh, this time period right now. A lot of them just didn't want to. And there was some some stuff going on there. Hiring freezes, uh, you know, the conversation out there about Chappick taking away some of the creative power and freedoms from Lucasfilm and other companies like that and other people. Uh, so, Joseph, uh, is Uncle Bob going to take us all to El Cap and announce an entire slate of movies? <laughs> uh, I hope that he makes some announcements. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe just has a party. Just like, you know what? I'm just going to bring out some great people and we can all applaud. No, I, I'm very curious to see how he handles the streaming balancing act, right? Because I think mm-hmm. streaming's kind of had its first phase and now it's kind of entering that, like, what is the right amount of storytelling to to come out to keep people still excited? And what is the amount like with the MCU or or maybe Star Wars, but certainly with the MCU? What is what is too much and people can't even keep up with it and we're not actually delivering? What is the right balance needed to make streaming right? I think that's one of the things that he's going to be really interested in since with Solo, he has experience of sometimes less is more. What's the balance? Yeah. So I'm really curious to see how he approaches streaming. Um, and then the, the kind of the big picture thing that I think, Jen, you're really talking about with the the park stuff is I think that Iger is very aware of it is a business. Mm-hmm. But what the business ultimately sells is magic. Yes. So you can't let the audience see or feel the business too much yeah. or it cuts into the magic. And I think he's honest about that. I think he understands it. And I think just emails of like from, from, you know, Chappic like, uh, sorry everybody, but Donald duck, you're laid off. Right. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they don't have a delicacy to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what the situation is and how to preserve the magic around the time that, um, Obi-Wan was airing and the show and I was so deeply enjoying the themes, the acting, the direction, but it was hard not to notice the budget being mm-hmm. kind of shockingly low for an Obi-Wan show, yes. for a show with Obi-Wan, Vader, and Leia as some of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have no idea how that happened. Don't, don't, don't anybody quote me. Um, but at the exact same time that it, that that was all kind of unfurling, Sarah and I watched the Imagineering documentary that kind of launched with early on in Disney Plus. And uh, there's a whole big section on it about, you know, kind of an era where Michael Eisner kind of panicked about money hmm. and just started making Disney stuff kind of cheap. Hmm. Yeah. And then Iger swept in like, you can't do that. Even if you take a big financial risk, it's got to feel special because that's what we're selling. You You, you can't have, you know, a bargain basement magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It ruins the illusion, right? So it was really weird to be watching that Imagineering documentary about how Bob Iger set the ship right and then watching Obi-Wan be like, this is the lesson they've learned in the past. Like, th- that that's the last show to kind of back off the budget on the special effects. 
Mm-hmm. And I have no idea if that was why that happened. But if it was Chapik, I think that's the kind of thing we're not going to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We can only hope. Yeah. 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 And again, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And it's where we are having this discussion and it's a discussion we need to have here on a Star Wars podcast because Iger has been all over Star Wars the last few years here since the sale, which was part of his uh, one of his uh, legacy uh, moves. But, you know, growing up, it's like, I think George was the only businessman I knew growing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I don't, Leah Iacocca? Is that an answer? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, uh, and uh, and one other one, and that didn't work out for the well for the world. Uh, so, yeah, this is fascinating stuff. We are not experts on, on business or the insights. Um, uh, even if we hear things, we don't know. We're not on those calls, but it is definitely fascinating. It's definitely interesting. And, and Uncle Bob is back. So fire up those IgerCon t-shirts. I think Brian Ward's still selling some. <laughs> we'll have some more. And then maybe we'll, uh, we'll uh, be discussing uh, Iger's replacement or, or his, uh, his announcements of Star Wars movies very soon. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Any final thoughts? I don't want to leave anything on the table. Kind of an open forum conversation today. Uh, Jen, any, uh, any final thoughts on Uncle Bob? No, but Joseph, you make a great point about the Obi-Wan show. Watching Andor, I'm just blown away every week about special effects and the the sets and the costumes, everything. It feels like a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why they're now going to be airing it on ABC and Hulu and whatever, because they're like, look at this fantastic show, guys. This is on Disney Plus. Don't you want to don't you want to yeah. subscribe? Right. And I feel like they they could have done that with Obi-Wan, but for whatever mm-hmm. reason, it it does have those moments where it does feel kind of small. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. I love it. I love it. It's a fantastic show and the acting is phenomenal. But yeah, yeah. there were moments where you definitely feel it. Yeah. And that's that's the truth. And we, we ain't afraid of those truths around these parts. We're just here to celebrate all the things in them there. Joseph, uh, any, any final thoughts on Uncle Bob? No, no, I, I, I think, you know, with the Obi-Wan thing, that is really me speculating, perhaps irresponsibly. So, so like, like I said, d- don't run out and, and quote me uh, that uh, Force Center says Chapik. <laughs> Cut the budget on Obi-Wan. I think it's just that, that it, it makes me think about, like, I think Iger is very, very, very well aware of, you know, uh, of putting polish and magic on everything. And when it stumbles a little bit, coming out and going, whoops, sorry. Next yeah. one will be better. <laughs> yeah. And that feels a little bit more human. And I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that idea. All right. Another quick story. This was going to be our headline today. Wow. What a switch. What a, <laughs> but it's a fun little story I did want to talk about. We'll talk about it kind of quickly here. Uh, fun news. And then a total silly discussion here. Uh, so speaking of all the business, speaking of the parks, speaking of the magic, it's all relevant here. This past week to much joint fanfare, the Mandalorian Din Djarin himself and Grogu arrived at Disney's Galaxy Edge, uh, that land, a.k.a. Batu. This has been previously announced at D23 in September. The appearance brought out some great videos and some wonderful park guests reactions i want to talk about the love of mando uh, mando and grogu and what that means for star wars and what it means for Iger, because this was the first show he launched it all with it's pretty uh fun to watch there so so joseph i know you spent some time about to uh, <laughs> we did not get to run into mando or grogu yet yet what do you think about this yeah oh no i love it i love it i think it, as we're getting ramping up the excitement uh for the the return of mando and in, in grogu in in season three i think it's great I, it's just kind of great to see them walking around they have that sort of iconic silhouette that uh kathleen kennedy talked about uh, like mm-hmm. every every star wars character has their iconic silhouette of like oh that's that's the that's mando and mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got the baby in a sack yeah. <laughs> uh and i think they're just they're so lovable because they are you know they're just a key relationship and all of Star Wars in this really interesting package. You know, it's it's parent and child. It's 
found family. It's the, the, the force and a cool guy in armor. It's like so many ideas of star Wars packaged in this one image of the two of them. Yeah, it's a great image. It brings me joy. Even when I see that guy riding around uh, the Studio City of Burbank area on his motorized skateboard with uh, full Mando <laughs> armor and Grogu, I see him all the time at the red light. And it just, I, I just smile. I just smile. It's like, it's like I was talking about with the, the, the toys I'm pulling out of the comic shop bags there. It's just like that simple, uh, simple joy. And I love that it's, these are both brand new characters that we never heard of before 2019. And now they're parts, they're part of our heart. Uh, in a very strong way there. So Jen, uh, Mandu, Mando, I don't want to keep saying Mando, Man- Mando and Grogu. <laughs> I was surprised, but delighted. And when I saw the videos with little Grogu, mm. I literally, I, w- I was like screaming. <laughs> um, I haven't even shown my kids yet. I know they'll freak out. And I, and I, I'm excited. I want to, now it actually makes me want to go back. I mean, I love, I like Galaxy's Edge, but that really would be fantastic. Mm. And I do wonder if they have a handler with them just because mm. I imagine that they would get mobbed. Um, but oh so adorable. And it's it's kind of the it's kind of a perfect character because you don't have to worry about, you know, finding somebody that looks like Pedro Pascal. You can just mm-hmm. put an a, an actor in the helmet and have him walk around. But yeah. he's he's got whoever is in there got the swagger down. I really like yeah. it. <laughs> I love that. Maybe it is the guy who rides around on a skateboard because he, oh, <laughs> he what a move, what a move, but I got it probably multiple folks in there. That, uh, but look, it's Star Wars. This is, this is a silly discussion point, right? I want to make sure everyone's clear. We're not having a super serious discussion about this, but it's Star Wars and it's Star Wars fandom. This stuff uh, comes up. The appearance doesn't come without some discourse. So <laughs> Boba Fett, Fennec Shan, even you know, Darth Vader, I think I've seen around, have been found on Batu already. This truly upsets the timeline of Batu and Galaxy's Edge. So again, with a wink of an eye, let's discuss. Do we like the uh, idea of Batu staying timeline specific? Prior to this, it was completely after The Last Jedi. It was on almost a specific day. You had that wonderful book um, by uh, Delilah S. Dawson. Uh, Vi Marati featured prominently in that uh, our checks all that stuff it, it, and you know Kylo was on his way and that was kind of the story and you kind of got to play out that adventure there so this is a, a bit of a change at least right now so uh, Jenna I'll start with you here uh, you're excited your kids are excited but are you going to have to explain canon to them at, at <laughs> <laughs> I rolled up my sleeves because I do have a, a little not a bone to pick but I will say I, you know I wish I read that Galaxy's Edge book I really liked it and I mm-hmm. I like the land but I do wish that they had not been so married to keeping Batu in a specific timeline. I think that the timeline is limiting. I know that when I went there with my kids who, you know, like their their star- knowledge of Star Wars is obviously limited, but they were like, "What?" I I <laughs> maybe if they had Ewoks walking around, that yeah. might help, right? Uh-huh. But the one of the things I loved about Tomorrowland as a kid was that it had this kind of futuristic element to it. Mm. Um and I was kind of hoping when Star Wars Land was announced that it would have some of the, that that part of it. Um, yeah. Galaxy's Edge feels very earthly. And so um, I do have a hard – I know that they wanted to make it immersive and this and that. It To me, and mm. you know, obviously I'm an adult, it doesn't quite feel as immersive as, mm. quite frankly, Tomorrowland still does. Mm. It's Mm. odd and i'm sure mm. i'm i'm in a minority here because i just and i'm nitpicking i mean it's it's fantastic to see the falcon it's you know yeah. Ogus cantina there's a lot of fun fun things and my kids did like um seeing kylo ren they really mm-hmm. enjoyed that that was great but yeah. i don't know 
I think I had high expectations, like of droids wheeling around. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and not a not a family from uh, you know Kansas walking through and, and not playing along with the storyline. That, that was my problem. Uh, no, um, no, I don't. Good look. The, the world's immersive in terms of just walking around. You, you know, I didn't see a lot of characters the day I was there. It was also pouring rain after eight thirty in the morning, so they weren't probably wandering around as much. But yeah, it was immersive in a different way. But I, I to your point, Jen, I kind of see where you're coming from. Where um, uh, they, I guess they could only go so far, uh, and and. And maybe that could be something going forward. But anyways, Joseph, you've been there more recently than I, if I remember. Uh, your thoughts on uh, uh, timeline specifics in Batu? Yeah, I don't think it needs to stay timeline specific. I like the the parts of the the narrative that mm-hmm. it, the rides being there. I like Ray and Kylo being there because, you know, especially people who are kind of growing up with the sequel trilogy, I think it's great for them to see the characters that they connected with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a, a lot of uh, great things about the setting but I think there, the suspension of disbelief only goes so far, right? It'd be one thing if they like kind of shut it down and let twenty people in at a time, you know? Yeah, but it's 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 just pulsing through with people with you know Mickey ears and churros and like the the last time I was there, there was some like a, a older mom I think with their daughter, like her adult daughter, and the older mom clearly was like maybe heard of a Star Wars once and like why do they all have sticks? Why are there so many glowing sticks? Like you know, oh and other couples like taking what looks like they're engagement photos in front of the the falcon and then this lady is like well why they why do they have sticks and her daughter's yelling it's star wars the space movie like well well why are we here like you can drink here now okay like um there's already only so much that you can entirely immerse yourself uh in the fantasy by the nature of it so i don't mind it being broken to have mando in in grogu walk through and and i think if you want to headcanon it you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Grogu's really taking a long time to grow up. <laughs> yeah, and 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 Mando's aging just fine under the helmet. You know, it. You know, if they get you know a young Han Solo walking around, okay. And th- then I have to yeah. say, you know what? They're cosplayers. These are these are people who live in Batu, <laughs> and this one is cosplaying legendary scoundrel general Han Solo. Fine, yeah. right. Yeah, uh, this is great. This is great. Look, I, I I think it was a big swing. I love the Last Jedi setting, the post Last Jedi setting. I, I I was into it. I I you know wanted to say bright suns to everyone, but I know mm-hmm. that was going to be a shared experience. But yeah, it, you can only go so far with it. Especially, uh, I love your idea, Joseph, of twenty people at a time. It would be horrible. People would be, up <laughs> be awful. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <be a> mess. <laughs> you have to get up at five a.m. to sign up on the app. Uh, it would be a mess. But yeah. Uh, um, I, I was a fan of it because I, I think I just understood it was a sp- specific magic. I didn't want a, a lot of people were complaining at the time, a lot of it in, in bad faith, to be honest, about, uh, you know, geez, Kathleen, why don't you give us just this? And it was, you know, just a, a ride from every era or something like that. That wasn't, wouldn't have been as special to me. Mm. Uh, so I, I agree with the swing, but as time goes on, um, my question to you both was, would it be open to timeline switches? I think you both are. W- would you want experience go there and it's the Clone Wars era and Thrawn and Anakin are walking around? Would you want something like that? You just got to know that it's different every quarter. It's like Fortnite. I've been obsessed with Fortnite again. And they switch seasons and, and everything becomes new every few months. Mm, I, you want to play in that world, Jen? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I'm like, obviously we can't go to... To the, to the prequels, right? I mean, the setting is just so specific. Uh, you know, I could see if they bring in an old man Luke. That'd be kind mm-hmm. of that'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe even like e- Ezra. 
Ahsoka, like there are some possibilities where it doesn't jump too much to where it's like, oh, like you're saying, Joseph, okay, this is hard for me to rationalize. What what headcan am I going to come up with? But that could be fun. I I really feel like it does need some more characters in there. Personally, I, I think that it, that would be a really nice touch. May, or maybe even some puppets from afar. I don't know. Uh, something. Yeah. 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 I, I can see that. I, I think, you know, they, they already have backed off some of the amount of uh, immersiveness, you know, yes. like they, they backed off with some of the food names being like you had to be kind of in Star Wars to know <laughs> what, you know, tip, yip, yip, right? Or yip, tip uh, yeah. was, you know, and I think the phone games ended up not being as immersive as they originally announced, right? Mm-hmm. Where like yeah. if you crash the Falcon, the bartender was going to know and make fun of you kind of thing. Right. I think they backed off on that, that level of immersion. But I, I do, I, I think the, where the last Jedi timeline is the most powerful for me is like I said, seeing kids see Ray, um, mm-hmm. seeing kids see Kylo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- the parts of the the park that are, are actual storytelling, the, the uh, rise of the resistance ride is right. really powerful. Particularly if you get yourself into the spirit of, yeah, I'm with the resistance. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it also works great for savvies. If you've, if you've built a lightsaber that like, you were, I don't want to get into spoilers. It's built into the timeline well. So oh. I think I'd be happy to see as eh, a little bit of bleed with the characters wandering yeah. around. You know, we'll have to use our man- imagination. And then I think with like, especially Rise of Resistance being such a huge ride and so tied to that time, you know, I think maybe the 10 year anniversary of Galaxy's Edge, they do, they jump to a different timeline. Mm. Ooh. That could work. That'd be great. Now you're both saying great, great things here. And and I was going to ask, you know, the valuable, the value of the guest um, uh, experience being set in, in a time like this, I think you're kind of already answering it in a wonderful way, Joseph there, but uh, you know, the Avengers campus across the way doesn't adhere to this. Um, it just, but it, they can rely on the multiverse, which I've actually already seen in articles. <laughs> it's mm. it's weird kind of like, well, Marvel has the multiverse. So that's a different feeling over there. Uh, but Jen, uh, you're already touching upon it with, with, with the kids. They're going to react to Kylo. Or they're going to react to, to Ray, even Joseph, you bringing up that one. I, I reacted to those characters as well. Vi Marathi is, is a character from the novel, mm-hmm. the comics. I, I hope Vi is, sticks around, but yeah, I, I think there's uh we've reached the point of, uh, there's some value in, in turning the corner, maybe seeing the uh, scene Chewbacca or something like that, you know? Mm, yes, that would be great. You know, I think also initially when I, when I thought about star Wars land, as it was uh, called initially, uh, I was thinking it was going to be more like a fantasy land or an adventure land where mm. it's a vibe. Right. But yeah, there yeah, are yeah. like, I guess you mentioned there, there might be different rides related to different eras. And I think, that could have worked. And here's the thing. I haven't actually been on either the Falcon ride or the Rise of the Resistance. And mm. I do feel like that is limiting my experience in Galaxy's Edge. So I think yeah. I have, you know, once I uh, get, get my kids so that they can stay in one part of the land and I can go <laughs> ride these rides or maybe my seven-year-old can go with me. But um, I do think that that plays into the experience of Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, nope. I think we should pause and Jen go down the down the five and go to the right right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I wish. Yeah, I mean, I think that value is the value is a, a ton of it is in the rides. You know, I think the pandemic stepped on it, and I don't know how mm-hmm. much they're they've come mm-hmm. back, but you know, they used to the when I, the first time I went there, the the immersion was more 
immediate, right? I walked in with my uh, Rebel Insignia shirt and, and somebody worked there. It's like, you better not let Kylo or the Stormtroopers, uh, you know, see that and mm. ask me if I want to come over in the corner and play Chance Cubes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, very. You know, and like I had to I had to change uh, my, the direction I was going to the bathroom once because there's a Stormtrooper in the, in the way and like they're going to stop me and give me grief about my T-shirt and I just need to go to the bathroom, you know. Mm. Uh, Ray, you know, was sneaking around with kids, teaching them how to sneak. Yeah, in in yeah, Chewy yeah. too, or like teaching kids how to sneak from the first order, and I don't know if that level of kind of in the park immersion in the conflict between the resistance and the first order is still going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that was a part of the storytelling when it launched. Well, I'm going to return. I'm going to make it part. I'm going to get everyone involved. I'm going to start screaming at stormtroopers. Uh, <laughs> silly questions to take us home here in the first half of our show today. Uh, when we meet Mando and Grogu, what are we going to say to them, uh, Joseph? What's uh, you're going to absolutely immerse yourself and play along, right? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the 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 way to play along though for me is absolutely no. This is the way, jokes. Because I bet a lot of dads are like, "Hey, uh, which way is the bathroom? Is this the way?" Oh um, my gosh. Uh, I I think I would maybe ask like, I'm pretty sure I can't feed Groku, but what is the what's the rule? Because I think a lot of people would try to feed Grogu. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. maybe the best thing to, for for uh, for Mando is just a stoic nod, just nodding at. <laughs> It's just not, and I love that. I was going to say, I'm going to uh, invest in the, the $100 space macaroons and just <laughs> try to tempt them. And I know it's like an animatronic puppet or something. Maybe it's just a puppet. I don't know. But I'm uh, the guy's going to finally have to be like, hey, uh, guy, get away. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jen, you turn freak. that corner. You got the family. Oh, my gosh. I would freak out. I would be the one that, sorry, I'm, I'm getting too excited here. I would probably be one of those people that's, this is the way I'd make that silly joke. Um, and then I would ask for a photo immediately. Uh, and just, I would just be in awe of, for, I, you know, I, we all freak out when I go to the cons and I see a Chewbacca cosplayer. I just, I feel like a kid again. And that's part of why we, I love Star Wars so much is because it can make me feel that uh, and take away my cares for a temporary moment. Um, and I will say, uh, just a, just a tip. If you go to the parks on a on a slow day, the face characters do have more time to interact with you, and they can do more fun things like you're saying, Joseph, about mm. taking the kids along for an adventure. Sometimes you might even see a face character on a ride because it's so slow. <laughs> I don't know if that happens as much anymore. But when I was uh, back in the day, you know, we we used to do fun things like that. So mm. who knows? Maybe Ray is still. Maybe you can get Mando in a slow moment and have an adventure with him and Grogu. <laughs> yeah, imagine it's going to be tough to get out in there. All right, uh, final question, though. Uh, what other characters out there? And uh, You're right, Joseph, you're right. Chewbacca was already kind of running around about two. You can also mm -hmm. go to the other side in uh, Tomorrowland and get a photo with him over there, too. But mm -hmm. what other characters do we want to meet in the park? We turn those corners or we come uh, cutting in line in front of eight-year-olds to get our photos with what characters? Joseph, who do you want to meet? A B2 emo. I, I oh. want to know that he's safe. He's all right. Oh my gosh. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a great good one. one. Wow. Yeah. Lines, the lines for B2 would be high. Can you oh. imagine? <laughs> the lines to just give him a, a hug, right? Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> crying. Why is everyone crying in its line? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't get. Jen, any answer there? Well, I was going to say R2. That's boring in comparison. Um, R2 is great. But Ewoks. 
for sure. Oh yeah. Ewoks, Ewoks, ah. Ewoks all day, every day now. Um, Bo-Katan could mm. be cool. That'd be also easier again. Cause you get somebody who's the right height, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe she could have some interaction with, uh, with a uh, Mando. That might be fun. Uh, I mentioned Ahsoka, Ezra. Mm. I mean, the possibilities are kind of endless in that time period. Finn. Why not? Mm, yeah. Right. Poe. Yeah. Po? yeah th- there are actually are a lot of possibilities. I love this. I'm going to go book of Boba Fett's on my mind a lot lately, mostly mm. because in discussing Andor, I've been defending book of Boba Fett to a lot of friends of mine offline. It's a weird, <laughs> no. it's been a weird two weeks. Um, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, I, I would love to have uh, black Chrysanthemum walking around. <gasps> old Santi. Yeah, and then they'd be like, one. "Why is that old guy helping Santi uh, find bounties? What's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Sneaking around with Santi? Because you can find some big pro wrestling sized guy, put him in that outfit, and have uh, uh, a giant. Now the question is whether you'd put him into the into the cantina and get him just drunk, mad at Transdotions during the day. <laughs> oh, I would love that. <laughs> then I want to turn the corner, and I want the twins there. I want oh. to have the twins sitting there. Oh yeah, just that would be great. Just giant animatronic huts sitting there. That's probably not going to happen. Maybe Uncle Bob. That's going to be my suggestion in the uh, suggestion box in the break room. (laughs) Yeah, we got some pitches, Bob. (laughs) Ewoks and the twins. Well, there you go. For the big news of Bob Iger to the even bigger news of Mando and Grogu, we're going to take a quick break here on the side. Share some thank. Uh, Thanksgiving spirit stuff here around Star Wars World. Uh, before we do that, we're going to uh, give you our, our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should still try out on us. Joseph, what do you got? You should still check out Padawan by Kirsten White. We are reading this book. I brought this book with me to Palm Springs and got too tired to read it, but I am going to read it and we are going to discuss it. We are going to discuss it when I finally stop playing Fortnite like a 12-year-old. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. On the other side, we're going to be thankful about Star Wars and a special look back in Star Wars history. Aren't they all special? Stick around for more Force Center. 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Four Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar story of our fleet. At least it used to be in the old days. Now this is our wonderful look at Star Wars news. And yeah, uh, you know, Star Wars news has been pretty slow as of uh, late. Thank you, Uncle Bob, for changing that. Uh, so uh, we had fun last week kind of uh, not focusing on a news story, but spending some time on something specific. And, you know, uh, it, here in the States, uh, Thanksgiving is this week. And, and I understand that everyone celebrates a holiday for, for various reasons. Some people do. Uh, we get it. But we want to take this time to tap into the what I'm calling the present day spirit of the holiday and express mm-hmm. our Star Wars thankfulness. Uh, looking back on 2022, not quite an end-of-the-year retrospective, but uh, a chance for us uh, here in Force Center to just say, hey, Star Wars, we love it, and we're thankful for these things. So we'll start big here uh, with what is uh, one 2022 f- experience or moment as a Star Wars fan we're thankful for? Jen? You know, I forgot that Book of Boba Fett came out, well, it came out uh, 2021, but it didn't finish until mm-hmm. earlier this year. And then we had Kenobi and then we've had Andor and Star- there were so many wonderful things. But I think that for me, the bit, the highlight of this year was Star Wars Celebration, mm. being able to see my fellow friends in person again. It just felt so triumphant for a variety of reasons. There were so many things to celebrate. Um, and it just was it was a reminder about what I love about this community and that is the community <laughs> the communal mm-hmm. aspect of star Wars. Um, so that was definitely a highlight for me. Ah, that's a great one. That's a great one. Joseph, you 2022, what are you thankful for? 
Yeah, I mean, a, a, a lot. Uh, so mm-hmm. Celebration was great. Um, there have been some kind of surprise places where uh, we've all run into Four Central listeners, and, mm-hmm. and that's always uh, really nice to uh, be reminded uh, that people in, enjoy what we do. It, it makes me enjoy doing this. It makes me enjoy, you know, even just uh, uh, Star Wars even more. So those moments are always nice. Um, the, the whole experience with the princess and the scoundrel book was a really great one. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that book. Um, and particularly like the morning, I was just like, I, Hey, I, I'm kind of having a, a rough time this week. I'm just going to crack this open and see what it's like. I don't intend to start reading it. And I cracked it open. And it was star Wars magic. It's mm-hmm. return of the Jedi is just continuing. <laughs> and just wanted to keep, uh, reviewing it or, or reading it. And then, you know, we mm-hmm. had a great time discussing it. And that, that book was a really, a big highlight for me. Yeah, no, I love that. Uh, for me on, on the personal side, uh, got the chance to pass on some star Wars books to my niece, uh, mm. learning, uh 10 and she's become a real big fan dresses up as Darth Vader and, uh, not to get to family issues. I don't talk to her much. Like it, it's one of those, you know, we're trying to, uh, kind of open the lines of communication a little better. And it was, and it was uh, great to find out she was a star Wars fan and I, I had uh, a bunch of books to pass on. And my mom said, uh, had presented her the books and was like, yeah, she liked them. She definitely liked them. And I was a little down. I was like, oh, I guess she didn't love them. And then a couple weeks later, my mom said, you know, I, we couldn't even get her on the phone because she was in bed reading one of the Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, I, I, I'm not a parent, but Jen, I had that feeling of like, all right, at least they appreciate what I'm crazy about. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is something special about that. That's yes. And uh, one of the things in terms of just being as a Star Wars fan, uh, Star Wars Celebration, always great, always special. Uh, but Joseph and I huddling in our hotel room to watch Kenobi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, that night, my hotel room sliding in there. And I had to get, you know, I had to find a way to make sure the internet, we were worried if the streaming was going to work. And, could, and we we didn't, we officially, didn't have officially have access to the Kenobi premiere event. But then we kind of probably could have got some wristbands. But we were just like, nah, this is for us. Uh, we're going to sit here and, and take this in, in in silence. I think I was trying to crunch on candy quietly. <laughs> not my own rules. Uh, but it was just one of those fun moments. Uh, what it meant to us as longtime fans, what it meant to new fans watching the show, wherever they were. Uh, I just have that memory of uh, uh, us like, here we go. Here we go. It's Kenobi. We can't believe we're seeing this. It was fun. Yeah. that I mean, that was really great with the surprise. It's, you know, it's bouncing up to like a, a normal prime time on the <laughs> yeah. West Coast, right? Uh, and I brought my action figure uh, over to Ken's room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Kenobi could watch himself and, and us both, Uyen and I, and at Alderaan going, are we, are we doing this? Are we doing yeah. this? Yeah. Oh, oh, man. The Alderaan moment. That was great. Uh, what are some episodes or stories we're thankful for? I'll start here because, Joseph, you mentioned one of my, I absolutely want to mention The Princess and the Scandal by Beth Revis. I, I love that book, too, Pro- probably because it, it did catch me by surprise a little bit. You know, not that we talked about, you know, her as an author. We, we love Rebel Rising, so that wasn't a surprise at all, but it was a, a promotion of, of the Halcyon, the, the hotel, da, 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 and this book comes along and just, I've never been hooked faster after one page where I was like, this is some great Star Wars writing. So I want to and thankfulness for that story. Uh, two other ones. Uh, the Sith Lord, Tales of the Jedi, Chapter 5. Uh, just kind of blown away by that one. Wasn't expecting them to go there. Like, literally some of those big moments in Star Wars. And uh, also, uh, Book of Boba Fett, again, Chapter 5, Return of the Mandalorian, the beginning of the year. This is, uh, mm. uh, you know, uh, a much-talked-about episode of that show and, you know, the lack of Boba Fett. I get the discussions. I get that. But I think it thematically lines up. But also, it's just... 
as Joseph, you pointed out, the tale of two moms in Manto's life is powerful, <laughs> but the way Bryce Dallas Howard and her team shot the hell out of that N1 Starfighter and brought in some prequel joy. Just love that episode. Really thankful for that as a Star Wars fan. So, so Jen, some specific episodes or stories or moments? Um, first up, I think of Kenobi and seeing Anakin and Obi-Wan coming back together again, obviously Hayden and Ewan coming back together again was so thrilling. And it was something that I was never, it's not like I was on my bucket list of things that I was looking forward to per se, but, but it really was phenomenal acting and great storytelling and just watching Anakin slash Vader being so broken and still trying to reclaim his power, not wanting to give Obi-Wan the satisfaction, right? In that, that final moment, it just was really um, gut-wrenching. And my second favorite story or storyline is what we've been seeing in Andor, um, the story of the rebellion, the sacrifices that all of these people have been making in, di- in different ways. And, you know, just because somebody is uh, an quote unquote elite like Mon Mothma, she is still sacrificing things. She is still putting her her life on the line for the sake of the galaxy. And it's just been so great to watch, um, especially because it, it a lot of the themes resonate with things that are happening in our world. So it's been really, really beautiful. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Joseph, you some sp- specific episodes, stories, something you're thankful for? Yeah, yeah, definitely. My mind goes to Kenobi first, a couple of specific episodes, but just also taking that big step back. And, uh, you know, I know times change and perspectives change and we're in a period where we're just getting a lot of storytelling. So it, it mm-hmm. the more storytelling that's out there, then maybe it can feel a little less special. But for myself, seeing Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan Kenobi was on my bucket list. It, mm. You know, it was like Axel and Slash got back together. Twin Peaks came back. <laughs> I just need Ewan as Kenobi and I'm kind of done. I'll be satisfied for the rest of my life. I won't ask for anything <laughs> uh, creatively because, you know, when when Disney Lucasfilm kind of formed, it was a maybe it was a maybe. But it's easy to forget now how much the prequels were derided, right? Before the generation who grew up with them got a little bit older and really found their voice. Um, Ewan McGregor coming back as Kenobi was like a a maybe because people loved him in the prequels and people loved Ewan McGregor, so maybe. But to go from the response of my contemporaries to the prequels, Mm -hmm. the idea that Ewan could come back as Mm -hmm. Kenobi and with Hayden, and that would be, a celebration mm. you know i don't want to lose sight of the fact that we're really really uh lucky that that happened at all and it used to seem totally impossible um so in terms of thankful just sort of the existence of it but uh, but also individually to your question ken uh kenobi episode three where he has some of those great touching moments with leia talking about found family talking about how he thinks he had a sibling but the jedi are his family and relating to her about mm. that to the absolute darkness of you know of vader saying i am what you made me and dragging him through the fire that episode is just that's fire to me and then episode six you know where he where where kenobi really reclaims his power uh literally in the force uh, Mm -hmm. uh but also more importantly by him defining for himself what he wants it to mean to be a jedi and he wants it to be about protecting life not taking it incredibly Mm -hmm. powerful Mm -hmm. um yeah. The Dooku episodes of Tales of the Jedi also, you know, hugely meaningful and important and powerful to see that character. 
uh, Book of Boba Fett. I agree with you so much, Ken, that um, I, I really understand it, it, it was wonky for people who are sitting down expecting a Boba Fett show to feel like they saw two episodes without Boba Fett. It's a barrier for a lot of people, and I get it. But I, I hope that someday, you know, people can get past that barrier and enjoy those those two episodes. Uh, episode five, mm-hmm. and the one I wanted to highlight, episode six, Luke and Grogu in that training. That's some of my favorite Luke stuff. That's the Luke I love, you know? Mm-hmm. He, he spoke in riddles, you know, te- teaching Grogu to jump and Grogu doing that little hop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's so much in that episode that's really peaceful and beautiful when Luke, you know, realizes Grogu just needs to feel the force and bounding up to those reeds and looking at that beautiful, peaceful horizon. Like, that's that stuff's beautiful. So... Really thankful for that episode. And then uh, final one, uh, agreeing with you, Jennifer, um, specifically uh, episode seven of Andor um, announcement, uh, that Mothma scene where where she is sort of recruiting uh, Tay Colma and you see both the prison that she's in and and her power. Right. Mm-hmm. Of I am I am willing to sacrifice everything. This is what I have sacrificed. I'm not backing down. It's, it's such an incredibly powerful scene, and, and that's a huge one for me. Uh, great answers all around for you both there. Uh, yeah, that Kenobi stuff too. Yeah, it's it's easy to overlook it uh, in, the, in this day and age. The, the discourse of uh, that comes up with every new show that comes along, and I get it. And, and it's part of uh, and part of the price of uh, of the ticket, I guess, to be a Star Wars fan. But uh, those those are beautiful, beautiful episodes. Just Star Wars sonnets up there. Mm-hmm. The- uh, Skywalker and Grogu in the Book of Boba Fett one as well. So uh, what are some of the uh, characters, specific characters we're thankful? It could be new characters. Uh, it could be, uh, you know, the old favorites coming back and we'll, uh, bringing new chapters to their uh, careers there and lives there. Uh, Jen? Oh my gosh. Seeing Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma again has mm-hmm. just been a, a delight. It's been a joy. She really is such a, a great actress and they've given her a great storyline um and just seeing her wrestling with these these big emotions every week and her terrible family just getting to learn more about this character which was always such a, a mystery to me as a kid and a character that I wasn't really necessarily drawn to and now I am and I'm fascinated with her um Kino Loy and mm-hmm. specifically bringing back Andy Circus, even though we know him as Snoke, uh, he it felt kind of triumphant being able to see him in his human form, as we've talked about, <laughs> and just getting to be an actor. And I totally forgot that he was Snoke, except for a few moments, just because of his voice is, you know, it's mm-hmm. so uh, deep. Um, but yeah. And what the character also represents as well. Yeah. And seeing his kind of arc in Andor has been really great to watch. Love that. Agree with that. Keanu Lowe is a great character. I, I'm, I'm thankful for young Leia, Vivian uh, Lyra Blair, just mm-hmm. uh, bringing life to um, that character. Um, man, that's such a, a daunting task. And, and I, for one, think it really worked. Some other characters on my list, though, uh, I, I just absolutely love Jennifer Beals as Garcia Whip. I've said mm-hmm. that so many times, but her speech to, to Santi, the, the one about change, the one about what was the past, and this is where we are now, and, and, and kind of... Uh, a little bit about breaking the cycle, a little bit, a lot of bit about breaking the cycles of violence. I think, I think it's just a, such an important Star Wars speech, but such an interesting, different uh, take on a classic character, the, 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 the Twi'lek, which, which we've had a, you know, a certain view of uh, over the generations in Star Wars, and she brought something different to it. And 
and uh, I love I love the character. And and sad she's gone. Who knows? We don't actually, you know, there could have been a escape hatch. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> it's Star Wars, so love love her work there. Beat to emo. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I love Andor. I really do. And I think that's sometimes lost in in my grumpiness about the discourse around the show. I every week just blown away by Andor. Every week, love it. I cannot believe it's wrapping up. But this dark, somber, uh, introspective series at times begins uh, with this, in a lot of ways, with this droid, and 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 it's hard on its sleeve, and it takes energy to lie, and it's all it's just something special, uh, all the way up to the heartbreaking stuff this week. So I love that character. I a uh, big fan of Danny Trejo's Rancor Keeper. I've talked about that a lot. That scene with Boba Boba Fett and the Rancor, I think, is also very powerful Star Wars stuff, and I. I, I uh, Love what he brought to that and love the use of him uh, in that role and what he was saying. And then finally, uh, come on, Dewey and Freedy. Big <laughs> dinners, squigglies, love everything about them. It was so weird in a series that has uh, been not weird at times, right? It's been uh, uh, very grounded, all those kind of things that I do love about Andor, but have these characters show up. Uh, I've been celebrating them all week and will for a long time. Uh, final question here. What are we thank- thankful for in 2022 when it comes to the Star Wars saga and this Star Wars thing that we invest so much time in? Uh, Jen, you got, you got, uh, you know, you're, you're leading your family into the Star Wars world even more. You're pulling them in. You're, 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 you're going to ride that rise of resistance with your daughters. And, and I can't wait for that moment. You'll be th- thankful for that when that happens. But what are you thankful for now? Oh, my goodness. I'm thankful that Star Wars had such a strong framework, the original trilogy, that this whole new era has been built on. And it still resonates with kids and adults and it's and, and grandparents. It's kind of amazing. Um, and it's not, it's not, this does not happen often, you know, from the sequel trilogy to Andor, the themes still resonate with me and they definitely give me hope for humanity. Um, And it reminds me that when people come together, change is possible because things can get really dark in life and kind of depressing and I can get kind of down and uh, pessimistic. And honestly, Star Wars brings that back, brings my optimism back and the Star Wars community around Star Wars helps me get back into a happier place and a reminder that, you know, there are good people out there. There are kind people. There are people that believe in um, that everyone should be treated fairly and with respect. So, yeah. Mm. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. I, 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 I feel that that framework uh, point there is just wonderful. This all continues to spring out. And yes, we all have opinions on how it springs out and how it should spring out in the original movies. Uh, yeah, I get it. And at times it's part of the fun of the discussion. Other times it can get you down. And this this year, more than any previous year since maybe early 2018 in the post Last Jedi battles, those wars, uh, I've been down at times and been upset, been downright angry and grumpy about some of the discussions and some of the uh, uh, you know, things going on in, in Star Wars Twitter or just Star Wars fandom. And at the end of the day, I'm always thankful that that, that can go away, that I could just uh, sit down and, and open up a package of bag clips and get excited mm-hmm. at, a, at a bounty hunting, uh, grumpy, evil Wookiee uh, who has a heart of gold. I swear, I swear. Uh, I love that. And that still exists and that it's still going strong as we get these weird anniversary dates, 10 years from the sale. Wow. wow. We are uh, years away, almost uh, soon enough, believe it or not, 10 years away from The Force Awakens release. Those numbers are crazy. Um, but it's all been a blur because it's been so fun. It's been so fun. And in 2022, we're having, you know, the, the, the biggest problem with Andor might be just that people love it so much. 
<laughs> and that can, incites uh, passions. And uh, that's a that's a good problem to have. And then the fact that it's still going strong, I'm thankful for that in 2022. But Joseph, you take us home here with what you're thankful for this year and uh, beyond with Star Wars. Yeah, no, I, I think it definitely some of the things that you're both saying, the the community, the moments where the community comes uh, together uh, in, in a in such a positive way. We talk about it when the community can have some rancor and some, uh, not the not the rancor, but have some uh, discord, not the actual discord. Anyway, words are hard in Star Wars. Uh, so the, the community is definitely part of it. The uh, When I was at the Hollywood Bowl concert for John Williams and the Imperial the- theme, he played the Imperial theme and it was like a rock concert, the way people were like just <laughs> rocking out to the Imperial theme. Those moments I'm always thankful for. Uh, but but I think it is like the big picture ideas. You know, I was I was thinking about the characters that I was thankful for. And part of what ties a lot of them together is this big Star Wars idea of like there is a lot to be upset about in the Star Wars uh, galaxy for the characters. Yeah. Just like in our real lives, there are things to be upset about. And what makes a difference for these characters is when they find, you know, the the peace, the grace, the wisdom, the strength to find a way to, to fight back and deal with their problems in a way that doesn't corrode their soul. Mm-hmm. That's what's fascinating to me about Mothma and watching her struggle with like, I, I'm committed to this fight, but how can I do it without losing my soul? Um, to watch Dooku in, in the Tales of the Jedi and fail to do that, to, to see all these problems but to make these choices that feel right in the moment, but are ultimately only going to make it worse. And then uh, to watch a character like, like Riva, who is, has every reason to be angry, to be upset in course corrects over the, over the course of this show. That's what's powerful to me is to see all these characters who uh, fight to make a better choice. Also the uh, astromech drummer in Book of Boba Fett, who just <laughs> made a great choice by existing. <laughs> he did well said a great uh, way to end that discussion what are you out there thankful for in star wars in 2022 and beyond let us know uh let us know we want to celebrate and be thankful for this crazy silly magical and powerful franchise we all love before we get out of here we talked a lot about uncle bob so uh, i want to make sure we have some time for this we have this week in star wars history looking ahead to star wars past and this uh, this week we have two years and two dates on november 25th 1984 and then on november 24th 1985 abc uh, where uh, I think Iger was working at the time. Uh, ABC aired two essential pieces of Star Wars storytelling. The Ewok Adventure was released on November 25th, 1984. And then the Ewoks Battle for Endor dropped on November 24th, 1985. And last week, we look back and celebrated the Star Wars holiday special. So first question, do we think these two movies are as infamous as the holiday special kind of became after its release? Jen, we are going to start with you and probably end with you. This is uh, This is your time to shine. My moment has come. Um, You know, it's funny because I don't think that they are as infamous. They're not as well known to people, especially people who are not, you know, Star Wars fans. (laughs) They are like, what? Uh, The holiday special seems to have kind of made its mark. Not so much Caravan of Courage and and, uh, Battle for Endor. And I'm not sure why. I think because the holiday special is really memeable. It's very, there are just some, the, the wackiest moments imaginable. And you're like, what? This is a Star Wars thing? So I, I think that that's why it's kind of lived on more so than the Ewoks movies. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It, it, the holiday special, it, it truly, you know, gained this infamy and, and kind of, you know, the fact that I always talk about how I read a lot about it on a wrestling website. 
on mm. wrestlecrap.com, whichever you talked about. It's just kind of, you know, that's that's where it went to, where the Ewok movies almost seemed like a dream that I wondered, did it really happen? I kind of remember that. I think yeah. I remember that. Uh, and yes, they did exist. So yeah, I, I, I kind of uh, agree with you on that one there. But Joseph, your thoughts uh, up top here. No, I agree. I, I think that people I talked to who watched the Ewok movies uh, back in the day, uh, they have just like fond memories of them. I've talked to like two people who are like, that was actually my first Star Wars. That was my entry. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Whereas anybody who remembers watching uh, the holiday special for the most part, either like myself, they're extremely, extremely young or like that was a fever dream. That wasn't right. <laughs> there was what what the hell? Like it's just they're just not as freakish, you know, so I don't think they're infamous in the same way. I, yeah, I agree with that as well. Uh, yeah. And this is their, um, you know, they're, they're, they are celebrated in a lot of courses and always have been, uh, um, uh, one of the the folks we know around these parts, uh, uh, Madeline Rue, who's, um, author and and did some Star Wars storytelling and and from a certain point of view, she loved these films. She loved Sindel. She wanted to write a Sindel story. Like you'd go to her birthday party and she'd have an Ewok themed party. And it was kind of based on these movies, not not Return of the Jedi. It was based (laughs) on these. And that was part of her entry into Star Wars too. So it's it's to be celebrated. But what was our reaction to that, to them? And then follow up. When's the last time we revisited them or have you? Because I'll start here. It's been a long time for me since I've sat down and watched these films, but uh, Joseph, uh, uh, then and now. Yeah, my uh, my relationship with these films is tortured. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I was desperate for more Star Wars, but the only thing that was coming out was the the droids, the Ewok cartoon, and then these Ewok movies, and I liked part of it, but I was like, I want the lightsabers and the bounty hunters. Uh, so I don't remember a ton about them. Uh, I was very mixed reaction as a kid. Uh, we went on this weird four-center journey where uh, I decided and asked you both to spend uh, some of our four center money on buying the discs Mm -hmm. uh, of the Ewok movies in the hopes that we would find the right time uh, to watch them and, and do a big whole episode on them. Uh, And then they became available on streaming like a a second later Uh, there in in the long list. uh, I have not watched them since I watched them broadcast on live television, not live, uh, but you know what I mean? Broadcast on, on television. I've been saving them and I kind of can't wait to find the right time to watch them. I'm so eager to watch them again. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I don't know. I, I have there. I've seen clips uh, at that birthday party. I mentioned like they were playing in the background. So I watched them a little bit. I watched those big Ewok eyes pop up on screen. Uh, and I, I'm staring at right now at the DVD set. You got us. I'm staring at it right there. It's right there. Yeah, it's, I could just stream them. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you. I'm waiting for the time. And my reaction to them was similar to yours, especially of, of 84, 85, uh, the Star Wars love is still pretty strong, but I was excited for more Star Wars. And, you know, that fam- Sindel and her family, it was kind of like Luke Skywalker light and his family. Like, it just seemed weird to me and mm-hmm. I didn't connect with him right away. Um, Wilford Brimley's great, but I, I also watched him in the TV show Our House. So I was confused why he was there in Star Wars <laughs> as well. Uh, it was a weird time. So there was just the, you know, they're made for maybe a certain age at that time. And I was just, emerging from that uh, that time period so my relationship to these films has always been you know curious at best and and, and you know I, I, I they're not they're not going to be a plus quality storytelling but I, I think there's probably some magic there and they are to be celebrated as an entry point for some folks but Jen uh, uh you know uh, when you sat down to watch these in 84 and 85 I imagine you felt maybe a little different than I you know, no, it's, I think I was a little scared. I actually don't mm. really remember watching them. I, I remember the Ewoks cartoon much more vividly. Um, so I actually revisited Caravan of Courage and just mm. for this, cause I was like, oh, let me see. I can't remember anything. And I, 
I didn't ask my kids to watch it, but my daughter was like, well, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, it's, it's an Ewoks movie. I didn't think she was going to want to watch it. She sat down and she wanted to watch the whole thing. And I, I was shocked because I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is not, this is worse than I remember it. It, it was like the, the beginning is kind of slow. And then the action really starts to pick up. She was into it. And the story actually got kind of good. It's actually, if you have kids, it's kind of a fun movie for the holidays and like bringing people together and like, you know, thankfulness and all that stuff. Um, and you know, nothing scary really happens. There are the Gorax, which yes. show up later on. My three-year-old was a little nervous about that. It wasn't bad, you know. Um, it's yeah. actually a really cute movie. Um, and my daughter was a little confused at first. She's like, is that Luke Skywalker? I said, no. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, it's not. But she loved she loved Sindel. And there is just something about kids being able to watch kids on screen and it made me think about the skeleton crew and i think mm. that that movie is going to have a big impact on a new generation of kids i i really think it's going to be a one to look forward to i'm excited mm. about it but yeah it's caravan of courage i don't even remember battle for endor i don't even remember it uh i should probably revisit it with my daughter and see if she'll be into that one well, you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe we'll have a chance. That's my next question. Because over the years, led by what I'm calling Landa's love of the Ewoks, trademark pending, patent pending, we have all found ourselves loving these fierce defenders of freedom in the galaxy. Uh, maybe looking at them different. Uh, I think Joseph and I have kind of a similar, you know, not the dub Ewoks. Oh, wait, I love them. Um, that's kind of a journey there. So what do we see? Uh, what's the value in these films now? Jen, I think you've explained it well, too. But what we, maybe more importantly, what we'd like to See, Lucasfilm, find a way to revisit them. Uh, well, they've already released them. I'm not talking about a straight remake, but uh, Ewoks, Ewok culture. There's there's a story to tell there. What do we think about this, Joseph? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I really wanted to just highlight what Jennifer said about the value of them. Mm. I mean, I think the, the fact that in that era, Lucas was clearly interested in telling kids stories from kids' perspectives. You know, mm -hmm. it's just a really reminder of how much that sort of the generational tale and these are your first steps in a much larger universe, how core that is uh, to Star Wars storytelling. I think that's one of the things that, that makes the, them interesting and important and uh, being a, a blurg story. Uh, <laughs> but for the the new uh, man, I actually think a new Ewok movie, like the some, same way they've kind of played with like, eh, Life Day's canon, but let's actually tell some some real stories about it. Mm -hmm. I think in an Ewok movie about, especially since it's been established in publishing that like some Ewoks were like, yeah, no, we'll we'll go out into the galaxy. Uh, some of us will be therapy Ewoks. Uh, Pikpa, the one who's gifted at tech, the, the idea of, of Ewoks, <laughs> Ewoks big day in the galaxy. I would love that <laughs> to come out, that movie on the 40th anniversary of the uh, Ewok movies. Yeah, I love oh that. Gosh. I love that. I'll never stop talking about, uh, I want the rise of Chirpa. I want the Chirpa family dynasty. I want more Princess Nisa. I want more of that kind of stuff. But I love uh, the point you both have made, that uh, storytelling from the, the kid's point of view will always be valuable. Always be valuable. That's what we talk about the Star Wars buffet, because uh, uh, Star Wars should, should uh, reach out in every direction, including the gruff, grounded Andor, all the way to stuff like this. So, Jen, uh, we're going to put you in charge here. What's the reboot going to be? I actually think doing an Ewok movie would be fantastic and you do it for streaming. And I, I mean, I, the, I thought when I was watching Caravan of Courage uh, with my kid, I was like, this, this, you know, these Ewoks don't look so good. Like Wicked is the only one in Caravan of Courage that looks 
decent. (laughs) The rest of them look a little (laughs) scary. Um, My daughter loved it. She bought into it. Kids are not as picky as us older fans. You know, you don't have to have a huge budget for this. Just find a forest, get some people in the Ewoks costumes, and there you go. Bob, we got some pitches for you. (laughs) First announcement. We're returning to Endor, the magic of the Ewoks. Oh, that'd be great. Oh. Yeah, and you know, actually, the uh, the Ewoks cartoon has a lot of the canon from the Ewok culture that they built mm. into the movies, and so you know, it's already there. It's already there. Maybe yeah. adapt one of the uh, episodes of the Ewoks cartoon. <laughs> we have uh, we have Wisties come from these movies, right? And the cartoon. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. With, the Wisties are in there. They're in uh, the Battlefront Two. Uh, mm-hmm. I love slinging Wisties at stormtroopers. <laughs> it's so so satisfying. <laughs> it really is. Really is. So there you go. These movies uh, bleed to other areas. Final question. We're doing this for our proud Nathan Hamill. What are our thoughts on Teak? Greatest character ever, Jen? I found him a little scary as a kid. <laughs> Correct answer, I think. I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious to revisit it because my memories are not are yeah. not fond of Teak. So he runs fast. Yes. Nathan doesn't stop talking about him as he shouldn't with Teak. Um, Joseph, uh, what, what's, uh, you're so good with themes. What's the theme of Teak? Uh, I think uh, Teak combines with the thing that we talk about often on Force Center, and that's how much Star Wars needs a straightforward horror film. Uh, just have go. people uh, in, get, like Jennifer says, find a forest, <laughs> some, put some teens in there trying to have a party and let Teak at them. Oh, let Teak my gosh. That's a great answer and a great way to end the discussion. Looking back here on the Star Wars Ewok specials uh, that uh, aired in 1984 and 1985. Hard to believe. All right, we're out of here today. Fun episode. Uh, Uncle Bob, welcome back. We'll see what that actually means. We'll find out in time. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. As I said up top, yes, we are on Hive. Let me, uh, we'll, we'll spruce up the, uh, the house on Hive a little bit here, but you can find us there at Force Center. That's right. I got there early. And I didn't have to use pod because it's ours now. <laughs> no longer the, I think it's a Swedish gym called Force Center. <laughs> that was squatting <laughs> on the other one. <laughs> I grabbed it. I grabbed it. It's mine. Oh it's ours. Power. Do it. Uh, we are also on Instagram. Don't forget YouTube. We got a live uh, Q&A this week. Holy, that's holy bleep. That's this week. We're going 5 o'clock uh, p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Uh, on uh, Wednesday here on our Force Center YouTube channel. So uh, follow us over there. Subscribe. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, we're always looking forward to having new patrons jump in there, get into our Discord server where you can hang out with Force Center friends. You can find me at Cadnapsock or go to Cadnapsock.com. For uh, all the other things I do, including my sports card ASMR channel on YouTube, actually had some Force Center people pop over there. December 3rd in Los Angeles, the Dynasty Typewriter. I'll be part of two shows that night, 7 and 9.30 p.m. It's the Mark Ellis Comedy Special taping. If you're in town, come out. It's going to be a fun, fun event. Going to be uh, seeing some friends there, too. So uh, more information there. I uh, do want to highlight something uh, with a lot of uh, there's always issues in the in the world and you can pick one and focus on it and you can get overwhelmed by everything. But uh, the the uh, mass shooting at uh, the club in uh, Colorado is on the minds of a lot of people here. And during those times, I like to highlight there's direct ways you can help. But I always highlight uh, one of my favorite orgs, which is the Trevor Project dot org, which is uh, there to provide information support, uh, especially uh, suicide prevention for the LGBTQ young people 24 seven all year round. You can support by going to Trevor Project dot org. Uh, Jen, uh, what do you got? 
You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter for now, and now Hive Social at Jennifer Landa, my YouTube channel where I am posting weekly and or reviews and watch alongs. Um, that is also at Jennifer Landa. I'm still on TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. And we'll see what else, what other social media app comes up next. It's all fun. It's all good. Joseph, uh, you are, uh, you are, I think, the la- the last of the three of us in the hive, but you're already doing great work over there where I haven't figured out what I want to do over there. So we're going to follow you. <laughs> Just posting the same things I post other places, but on hive. I think I have one, one post that's unique to hive. That's where we're at with social media. Find my unique, exclusive hive only posts on hive. Uh, no, it was it was very stressful. I was too busy having an anniversary weekend with my wife to sign up for Hive. But I'm there now, so find me on Hive. It does look like it's going to be a good solution, maybe, uh, knock on wood. Uh, so Hive, I'm at Joseph Scrimshaw. Still, still going to be on Twitter for a while. Instagram, TikTok, I'm at Joseph Scrimshaw on all of those places. Uh, you can also find my YouTube channel by going to YouTube and searching Joseph Scrimshaw. Got some uh, great comedy stuff and short films there and more coming soon. I also want to highlight uh, Vote Forward. Uh, this is an organization, as I've talked about, where you can write letters. Uh, they are nonpartisan. They're just encouraging people to vote, to use their power. We have the Senate runoff uh, election in Georgia, which is very, very important. And Vote Forward is currently writing letters uh, to uh, to voters in Georgia. I'm doing that, and I invite you to join me. Their website is votefwd.org. Great cause, great idea, and a good thing to do. Get out there and vote. All right, that's it. I'm going to go stalk Uncle Bob at the Disney Studios. We'll see you all next time here at Forza. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.